You are listening to the Not A Physio Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Resmondo, owner of South Alabama Physiotherapy and creator of the Not A Physio, where life should be fun and light. This is the podcast where we talk about how to keep the active adult who's busy with work and family life fit and healthy to enjoy the Gulf Coast outdoors. Let's get into today's episode. Before we start today, I wanted to let you know about our free Facebook group, The Not A Physio. I do live trainings in the group each week to dive deeper into strategies to remain active and where you can ask me questions personally, and I'll give you feedback. Okay, on to the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Not A Physio podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Resmondo, owner of South Alabama Physiotherapy, and our our guest today is Alexis Brooks, who is a registered dietitian based out of Los Angeles, California. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Would you tell us a little bit more about you and your 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 background as a dietitian? Yes, absolutely. So again, my name is Alexis Brooks of Alexis Brooks Nutrition, which is a women's health practice. And I've been a dietitian for about 10 years. So I've had a little experience here and there. Um, I started off clinical work, working in the hospital, um, moved on to working in dialysis for a few years. And um, my last part of my my career has been doing outpatient, more like one-on-one consulting and also doing like group coaching. Awesome. So what led you to become a dietitian? How did you decide that that was the career choice that you wanted to be in? Yeah, so this is actually a little bit of a random story, but um, I was 15, I was in high school, and I was watching a documentary, and the documentary is called Hallelujah Diet, and the reason why I say it's kind of random is that this particular, um, I guess I guess it's a documentary, um, it's, maybe it was made in the 70s or something like that, and um, I've been trying to get a hold of it, actually, like, since I've become a dietitian, because I wonder looking back as a dietitian, how I would see it. But at the time when I watched it, um, it really changed my perspective on food. And it had me think of food in a different way. Before that point, I thought of food as just like, you know, we have to eat to survive and food is delicious. And it's just like, it's what you do, you eat. That's just part of survival in life. And I haven't had a really general idea of like, what's considered healthy, like, okay, fruits and vegetables are healthy. And maybe like fried foods or sugar is not healthy. Like that was kind of my idea of food, but this particular documentary showed me that food can not only, of course, like nourish us and and allow us to survive, but it can also allow us to have a better quality of life. It could heal us. There are specific conditions that are impacted by, by different foods and vice versa. So it really expanded my mind on food. So from there, I decided I wanted to be a dietitian. That's amazing that you figured that out at age 15. Most people, it takes years to be able to figure out that, hey, foods could actually help us <laughs> with our health. <laughs> That's pretty remarkable. Congrats to you. Thank well, you. You're, you're welcome. So most of our listeners are outdoor enthusiasts. They like to go out fishing or hunting. And I was hoping today that you might could give us a few tips or or um, suggestions to be able to stay hydrated whenever we're out in the sun and we're depleted with that sun bearing down on us all day. What, do you have anything that you could share? For sure, yeah. So um, in terms of hydration, 
I would say one of the top things to, to remember is for one, to make sure that you are drinking liquids often. And the type of liquid that you're drinking does matter. So we don't want to drink like alcohol, for example. Alcohol is very dehydrating. Um, and another thing is like drinks that are really high in sugar. So sodas, those are two things that we really want to avoid uh, when we're out and about because we can easily become dehydrated. Uh -huh. um, and this is a fun fact. So a lot of times we think of tea and um, tea and coffee as being they're as diuretics and um, dehydrating, but technically there's actually a lot of research that shows that they're not necessarily dehydrating. They are diuretics, but what really happens is that they cause us to lose uh, water or liquids faster, but not so much more. So it feels like we're um, losing a lot more liquid because we're probably urinating away more, um, uh -huh. but it's really, it's happening in a shorter time period. So it feels like it's a lot. So it's the same volume that we lose. It's just happening in a shorter time frame. So um, it feels like we're dehydrating, but we're, necess we're not necessarily dehydrating with those. However, I will add that I wouldn't recommend someone to be like, oh, cool. That means I can drink a good eight to 10 cups of coffee or tea, and that would be my hydration. So still, we want to make sure that we're um, having those in moderation, but they actually can be part of hydration, maybe like a cup or two, I would say max. Okay, well, that's a really good uh, point to make because I know a lot of people like to you know brew their coffee and take it in thermoses, especially if they're going out on the boat for a while. So that, mm -hmm. that, that can be included in their hydration. They don't have to limit it. And yes. It yeah. could be included and ideally water. That's like what we want to get the most of our hydration from is water. Okay. Well, I know that I've had some questions and you can probably help to explain this a little bit better about adding in um, the electrolytes that like when, when they're out fishing and they're in the hot sun, they're sweating a lot. And so I've had plenty of people ask me what kind of um, electrolytes should they use, if anything. Mm -hmm. Do you have any yes, experience that's a with question. that? Yeah. I do. Yes, yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because that is an, uh, an added part to it is that water is great, but if we don't have the electrolytes, the water, we're not going to be able to absorb the same amount of water. Um, so it will also seem like it's just kind of flowing through us. We're just sweating it out. We're peeing it out. So um, electrolytes are really important, especially as we sweat. That, that's what we're losing is minerals. So if we think of it this way, maybe a a simple way to think of it is like Gatorade. Think about like what Gatorade is made from. That is a, a hydrating drink um, and it has a lot of electrolytes. So for example, it has the sodium, it has magnesium, it has potassium. So we want to make sure we have those things. Um, it also has a little bit of sugar and actually has a lot of sugar. <laughs> a lot of sugar. Uh, so the, the sugar actually helps us with our muscles, um, helps us to to uh, replenish our carbohydrate stores. So when you're thinking about um, a hydration drink, think of that as like a, a base, like of what it should include. This is something that you could easily, actually you can make it at home. Um, so it could be having, just getting some water, adding orange juice to it. You don't need a whole lot. Maybe like um, the proportion would be like a cup of water to like um, one ounce, or I guess, yeah, an, an ounce of orange juice would be within that. And then you can add a little bit of salt. I'd recommend Celtic salt, salt because it has more minerals in there. So it's gonna be a, a potassium source, also, also a magnesium source. Mm -hmm. And um, the orange juice already is gonna have the, the sugar that we're looking for, and it's gonna have vitamin C in there. So that's something that you can easily make at home. 
Um, there's also packets you probably have seen before, heard of like um, uh, liquid IV, like okay. that sort of thing. You can add it to your water. Okay. Well, how do they know if they're getting enough water to be able to stay hydrated? Is there any way that they could easily judge that? Mm -hmm. There's a few. So um, one, you can notice the color of your urine. So okay. if they're paying attention to the color of the, the urine, it should be a pale lemonade color. So it shouldn't be clear um, because if it's clear, that means that we also are depleted in our, our um, electrolytes. We're also, that okay. means we're paying them out. Um, but if it's, you know, straw colored or apple juice colored, it also means that we're, we're very, very hydrate, de dehydrated at that point. So looking at the color of the urine could be helpful. Uh, we can also look at our, just look at ourselves. We could, um, well, this is more severe. A person who's very dehydrated, you would see it in, in their eyes. Um, their eyes may look a little, um, maybe like a dark circle under the eyes or a little sunken in that. I would say that's definitely more advanced stage of dehydration. Um, we can quickly look at our, our hands. Okay. Um, so Hmm, this might be a little difficult for me to explain for the people who are, are only listening, but um, I guess this, this is not quite the knuckle. What would you call this? I would call it the knuckle. That's just one of the knuckles, the lower guess, knuckle. Okay. <laughs> for, 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 for lack of um, uh, descriptors, you, you've got your knuckles on the top of your hand, and then you got the knuckles that are on the fingers. Uh -huh. An easier way to say it for the common person. Thank you. Okay, cool. Uh -huh. so, the upper knuckle, wait, this is, you say this upper oh, knuckle, right? Just the knuckle on the finger. Oh, the knuckle on the finger. <laughs> okay, the knuckle on the finger. So if you were to have your hand straight and you uh -huh. squeeze that, um, the skin that's yeah. on the knuckle um, on your finger, it should pull back down immediately. Oh. And, and if it stays up for any length of time, which mine's doing now. I don't know if you guys can see dehydrated. I think I might be a little dehydrated. Yes. So I'm, I could use more water too. Okay. Yeah. This is staying up too. I can see it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's a quick way to know because if we're really hydrated and you'll notice the, the difference in hydration. So like um, maybe like some points you might notice that it stays up for a really long time. Other times it's, it's going down, but slowly and other times you may notice it goes down immediately. So that okay. can kind of show you the level of dehydration. So that's a quick test that we can do on ourselves. It should be supple. And when we're hydrated, it's like literally our entire body is hydrated. So there should be enough fluid there too, to just like, let it go back down. Oh, wow. Oh, that's really a cool little trick that people could look at. And like you said, to easily decide um, if they're hydrated or not. One more question on hydration. Do you have a, a guide um, for each individual, how much water intake they should have? I mean, I've heard that you should take um, your body weight in ounces or half of your body weight in ounces. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that gives us a good, um, it's a good start. Uh -huh. um, so like, yeah, so half your body weight, um, that's in pounds and doing that in ounces to drink that amount. But I wouldn't say it's exact because it doesn't account for life. <laughs> it doesn't account for how much we're sweating. It doesn't account for any fluid losses that we have, any medical conditions that we have that may require us to have more or less. Um, I think it's definitely a good guide. Um, uh -huh. there is no... So there's no calculation to, to, to encompass all of those things. 
Um, so really, I, I I would use that as a start, and then from there, like pay attention to the different like indicators, like the your yeah. urine, um, also your um, uh, oh, like the the pinch test, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then how you feel too. We can notice um subtle signs of dehydration too, like even mentally, our cognition goes down when we're dehydrated. We might be more um maybe slow to react to things. We takes longer to remember just less focus um so there's other ways for us to know aside from that there are certain um this is like another equation like where you're you're weighing yourself before you do an activity and then you weigh yourself after this like how much you sweat during an activity fluid but i think easiest thing is just like half your body weight and then pay attention to the indicators got you okay so moving on just to another topic that I'd like to, to see if you could help us out with is when we are out outdoors all day, um, we're usually, you know, people think of fishing as, as a sedentary sport, if you will, and some people don't even call it a sport, but it actually, you're doing a lot of work throughout the day, um, a lot of repetitive work. And so what I was curious about is, do you have any tips for us for recovery after we've gone out and done whatever type of fishing or outdoor activity? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. So recovery, like thinking about um, what's going on during the time of, of fishing, even though like, so maybe people are saying it's more sedentary because it's a lot of standing, but I imagine there's still a lot of movement. There's a lot of cognition that we need to, to be able to to um, to pay attention to what's going on with the water and what's going on like throughout the course of the day. Um, so it still does require a lot of nutrients. It, it can deplete us from nutrients, especially we add the weather to that, the climate to that too. So um, in terms of recovery, I'd recommend having a very nice balanced meal uh, that should be pretty high in protein to, um, to help recovery for the muscles. That's one of the most important nutrients um, for recovery. Uh -huh. um, so protein, that could be fish, uh, it could be chicken, it could be turkey, eggs, um, plant-based sources could be beans, lentils, quinoa, edamame, tofu. So making sure that we're getting a good amount. Um, the amount of protein that we need, it does vary from person to person, but I would say roughly trying to get at least 30 grams of protein for that meal and uh, which is it's a decent amount um but it's required it's necessary and then also we need the carbs so the carbs um when we are doing physical activity we are depleting our muscle stores of carbs mm. so we want to make sure that we're replenishing and um, that could be in the form of i'd recommend in, um like trying to get some higher fiber sources of carbs so whether it be like potatoes any form form of potato that you like it could be um, rice, brown rice. Um, it could be a pasta. It could be quinoa, um, beans, starchy vegetables like peas, um, pumpkin, squash. Uh, th those are some examples of like some some carbs. And then having some healthy fat too that will help us sustain. Really, the blood sugars are um, helps to sustain energy levels too. And um, it also helps out with our joints, especially if like doing all that standing and movement throughout the course of the day, um, it, it, it's impacting our joints. So fat can help to um, cushion our joints along with hydration. So like avocado, um, oils, like olive oil, uh, avocado oil, sesame oil, um, just different types of oils can be helpful too. 
and produce. That's the last thing is just any kind of produce we can add in there. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, any of that. Oh, wow. That That's pretty interesting that, that, that you need that much protein and then how you, how you said the fat and the carbohydrates are very important um, for the recovery as well. Uh, I didn't realize it was that uh, significant of amount of protein that we needed after we've done some kind of extraneous event. <laughs> yeah. And I would say like, this is if um, like for a meal, say like it's, it's close to meal time. Like I would definitely move into a meal, like with that type of structure. Um, say it's like, it's going to be some time before an actual meal happens. Mm -hmm. um, a person could instead have like a, a, a substantial snack instead, like as if they're like going to be like another couple hours before they have that meal. Maybe it's like on the ride home or something like that. Mm -hmm. And with that snack, I would say probably closer to like 15-ish okay. grams of protein would be okay. Um, Greek yogurt, just like a, a, a cup or a serving of Greek yogurt will give yeah. you that amount. Um, okay. If it's person who loves yogurt. <laughs> right. But that's a, a good example that they can do. Um, so one more topic before we finish out today's episode is um, anti-inflammatory foods. I know that a lot of people have um, uh, inflammation, especially if they've been using their bodies and you know being relatively stationary, like you said, standing, and you may be doing repetitive motions, but you are usually confined to a boat, which is not a very large space. And so inflammation tends to build and people may be sore from doing that activity the next couple of days. Do you have any recommendations that, that they could use to change in their diets? Yes, I do. So um, easy tip uh, would be, and it could be a little bit more challenging to implement, I'll admit, but 30 plants a week. If we can try to get 30 different plants per week, that can increase our antioxidant um, load support so that it helps to bring down our inflammation. I'll give you a few ideas of how we can do it that's more practical. Um, so plants, when I say plants, it, it includes fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, oils, legumes like beans. Um, it also includes spices, herbs, teas. So if we can incorporate these things more regularly, we can actually begin to bring down the anti-inflammatory load. Um, spices, I think, are one of the easiest ways to incorporate more antioxidants because you can easily put it to like literally everything that you eat, whether it be savory or a sweeter type dish. Um, you, there's a there's a spice or herb for that, right? So like if it's like a on the sweeter side, like say it's oatmeal, for example, we're doing, you can throw in cinnamon in there, uh, or maybe you like nutmeg, or maybe you want to do like a pumpkin spice type thing. Um, if you're doing like more of a savory meal, oregano, thyme, uh, cumin, curry, black pepper, um, like all these things will add a lot of power, and it's such a small amount that that's like they're the they're the most concentrated sources really. Because it's like wow. such a small amount can be super powerful for us. So I would recommend that um, since they're on the go, they're on the boat, I'd recommend like grab like um, preparing snacks for themselves um, to where it is based in produce. Like maybe it's carrots or cucumbers or celery or tomatoes or something like that. And then adding some sort of um, a fat or a protein with it. Maybe it's like having that with hummus, for example, or having cheese with it, or maybe there's yogurt or something like that. Um, but that can be a way to reduce it. 
So I guess that approach would be more so like, what should we add to our diet versus what should we remove? Um, so we can kind of hit it from two different ways, but that's what to add to your diet. Well, that's really amazing. I did not realize that the spices that we add could have that big of an impact. Mm -hmm. And it makes the food so much more delicious too. We're right. <laughs> Everything we cook with at my house is always seasoned very well um, with different spices. And so maybe we're naturally doing that for ourselves and our body craves it. I have no idea, but we, that's how our family cooks is with a lot oh, good. of Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, is there um, anything else that you think that my listeners would be able to benefit from that we haven't covered? Um, that one last little tip, uh, something easy, quick for them to to do to help their bodies. Um, let's see. Well, I guess one more thing is this goes along with the preparation. Uh -huh. So, uh, like pre preparing things, whether it be snacks or meals, for being on the boat. Um, thinking about foods that are, well, we want them to be easy, right? So right. Um, it could be like canned chicken, canned tuna, sardines, um, and that, that could be added, like easily thrown on to make a sandwich, maybe while they're on the boat, or maybe the sandwich is already created using those things. Uh, even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich could be a great source. Um, okay. It's higher in calories. It has the protein. It has the fat coming from the, the peanut butter. And you can swap out the different nuts or nut butters too. But it could be a great, um, easy, portable meal or snack to eat while on the boat. Um, nuts and seeds are great. You don't have to, to worry about um, um, storing those in the refrigerator either. Mm -hmm. So I, I think those are just like a few things that could be toss into the lunch bag and uh, making sure that they're sustaining because also if they're not getting enough we'll say like nutrients in ge general whether it be like carbs protein fat or even like the vitamins minerals that can create uh, more inflammation too because our bodies are becoming depleted so to prevent the depletion of those stores and to also um, help out with the cognitive ability on the on the water Awesome. Those were fantastic ideas. Thank you so much for sharing. If our guests want to find out more information about you or, or, or contact you directly, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can go to connectwithalexis.com and from there they can see my website or um, they can speak with me. They can send an email if they have any more questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, we'll see you all on the next episode. Bye now. Bye.